Hey, good morning, everybody. The power of healing. You amaze me. The power to stand. Uh, we can't stop now. And we're still going in June, man. The, the power of intercession. Uh, Lord, they told me not to preach again. They told me uh, that I could get out. I could be free. I could do whatever I want to. But whatever I do, don't preach in that name. Don't mention that name because we don't want it to spread any further. 5,000 came, 5,000 believers heard the message. Uh, they heard the message. They were in amazement. Uh, they, they were so filled with amazement that they followed the one man, the lame man at the gate. That guy who used to sit at the gate and beg for alms, is now the same guy walking in the temple, praising God with no issue, no residue. The power of intercession is so important in our lives because when momentum is faced with opposition, uh, we must learn how to pray. We can see that Peter and John leave the jail with great concern for their lives. What do we do? We know that they're after us. We know that uh, our lives are in danger. Our families are in danger. Uh, the other apostles can be in danger. Our communities are in danger. Lord, they told me not to preach again, but you told me to preach. I really want to encourage you today that we must push. We've got to pray until something happens. I want you to enjoy this worship moment and I'll be right back today to talk with you about, Lord, they told me not to preach again. Good morning, everybody. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength and our Redeemer, the power of intercession. I want you to repeat that after me, the power of intercession. Our subject matter on today, Lord, they told me not to preach again. <laughs> Lord, they told me not to preach again. How many of you have been in that place where uh, you've been set free? Uh, your accusers have given you some conditions uh, to your freedom that are attached to your freedom. We can see in last week's sermon as we kind of reiterate that uh, they released Peter and John, but there are some conditions. Uh, the condition is, is that you can preach, but just don't preach that name. Uh, you can preach, but don't talk about Jesus, the resurrected one. You can preach, but don't uh, talk about uh, all of the things that Jesus did. Uh, whatever you do, don't preach anything that's going to heal people, that's going to call signs, wonders, and miracles. Can you believe that? That these were men of God. They were men who uh, believed in God, but they had a problem with the way ministry was being done because they were traditionalists. Uh, we can look at the church of, of yesterday uh, and be reminded that uh, the church of yesterday sometimes has a problem with the way ministry is being done today. Um, how do you heal people with jeans on. Uh, how do you do all of this other stuff? And, you know, I know I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here, 
Um, but the power of the Holy Ghost is not confined uh, to a uniform. It's not confined to um, the order of service. I believe that the power of the Holy Ghost um, resides in the available vessel that desires for it to dwell there. Uh, the power of the Holy Ghost, um, uh, it resides in a place of order, most definitely. The power of the Holy Ghost resides in a place where Jesus is being preached, most definitely. The power of the Holy Ghost lives in a place where the name of Jesus is the ultimate name that is being proclaimed, most definitely. Uh, but we can see here in the text uh, that Caiaphas and his boys, uh, they've been kicking it for a long time, man. Uh, they had a problem with Jesus. Um, they decided that they wanted to give Judas 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. Uh, they got what they wanted. They, they killed him. You know, they crucified him, but they still have a problem. Um, he didn't stay down. Um, he, he took the sting of death and he got up, uh, went, went and found his boys, Peter, John, all of the apostles, spoke to them, told them, whatever you do, don't leave Jerusalem because something's coming. And because of their obedience, and when the day of Pentecost had happened, they were all filled. And we can see uh, Caiaphas and his boys uh, having a problem here, uh, a real problem. Uh, they don't want anybody to be converted to something that they themselves disagree with. Um, they release them, send them on their way, but they say, here is the condition. Don't preach in that name. They let me go, but they told me not to preach the gospel. Lord, what do we do? I'm free to preach, but I can't preach in Jesus' name. Lord, how can we do that? Man, things were going well, and now this. What do we do? Hmm. They release me, but they tell me I can't preach what I know to preach. What do I do? I'm free. I don't have no bail. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to go back. But I can't go back to preaching what has saved me and what I, what I know to be true. Things were going well until this moment. What do I do? What do I do? You've got to pray until something happens. What do you do? You and I, we have to pray. The church, the community, pastors, leaders, uh, uh, members of the flock. We have to pray until something happens in our lives. We, we have to pray until God moves on our behalf. Um, this is not the season that, that because they said don't preach, uh, you got to go and really strategize on how you're going to preach the name of Jesus. You got to be real strategic because you don't want to lose those that you have won because you don't have a plan to keep them. Come on now. I, I think this is why we fail sometimes in, in certain moves of God because when the opposition comes, we start fighting against the opposition instead of fighting with the opposition. Uh, you got to go into your prayer room and you got to be strategic in allowing God to redeem your name. 
and allowing God to redeem his move. Come on now, because we have to remember that this was not a man-made movement. This was a God kind of movement that man never started, that man only anticipated and expected. Come on now. Uh, they didn't know how it was going to come. They didn't know what was coming. All they knew is that Jesus said, whatever you do, wait here in Jerusalem. Uh, whatever you do, wait here in Jerusalem. And so we've got to be careful that we don't start fighting um, God's fight. This was not Peter and John's fight. This was God's fight. Uh, Peter told them back up in um, um, uh, verse, uh, verses, the, uh, back up in uh, chapter number four, where he begins to talk about, um, it's not up to me. I leave you to make that decision whether what I'm saying is true, whether what I'm saying is right, whether I should preach Jesus or whether I shouldn't. But as for me, I can only preach what I have experienced, but you be the judge of what is right and what is wrong. That's when you and I must go into a moment of intercession. I, I, I like what uh, Bishop William Murphy Jr. teaches us. Prayer and worship are always succinct. They're, they're always together. There, there's a moment where we've got to regroup. I believe in this moment here, we can see the apostles regrouping. They're in dismay. Uh, they're a little bit uh, dysfunctional in their minds because the natural fear uh, the, the, the natural tendency to to want to turn around, but I know that I can't turn around. Uh, I know that I cannot preach anything else but Jesus because this is my assignment. Uh, this is what he commanded us to do. Uh, when, you, when you see that I, I've commanded you to baptize them and to teach them, I've commanded you to go into all nations Come on now, doing, teaching, and saying what I've commanded you to do. Use my name. Don't use any other name. Use my name, the, the name Jesus, that name that is higher, that, that name that sits above any other name. Uh, use my name. They understand that they're now in a fight uh, in how they will represent the move of God. Uh, we've got to be very careful in how we steward the Holy Ghost. Come on now, the, the Holy Ghost is moving and signs, wonders, and miracles are happening and, and the city comes to shut your building down and, and instead of regrouping, we fight and say we're still going to keep the church going on and next thing you know they come in and padlock the doors. Come on now, and now you don't have a church and now you lose people here and you lose people there and, and you lose the momentum. Come on now, we, we've got to be very strategic in our intercession and praying until something happens. It, it doesn't mean that the movement has stopped. It simply, it simply means that the move of God is now regrouping for the next move to happen. Come on now. Uh, uh, the move of God is now uh, in a strategic holding pattern for our next 
take off. Come on now. Uh, we're, we're on the plane. We're on the runway. We're just waiting to take off. Or we're in the air and we're just waiting to land. Either way it goes, uh, we've got to wait on the instruction of the air traffic controller. The air traffic controller in the church is the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Uh, it is through prayer and intercession where we will gain the wisdom, where we will gain the insight, and where we will gain the redemption of God's move that will work on his behalf. Come on now. Because when it works on his behalf, it gives you and I the protection to work inside the movement. Come on now. God is looking for people that will steward his move. This move of God belongs to him. The church belongs to God. Come on now. The, 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 the church belongs to God. The people belong to God. The giving belongs to God. The leadership belongs to God. The vision belongs to God. The signs, wonders, and miracles belong to God. Come on now. Everything belongs to God. We're simply here to steward we can see here in the scripture that they pray until something happens. Lord, they told me not to preach again. They, 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 they told me um, I can't preach again, but I'm going to pray until something happens. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders are taking place. I want you to hear this. They begin to pray. Peter and John, they go to the house. They, they gather everybody and they all get into one place. So here, 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 is, here, here it is again, uh, the, the, the commonality that they have. They are accustomed to going into one place. Come on. They never separate into groups. They, they are accustomed to being together at all times because we understand that when we come together, powerful things happen. It happened in the upper room. Come on now. It happened because we were together at the gate. It happened because we were out preaching together. And because we're together 5,000, if we can remain together in the place of intercession, powerful things occur. Powerful things happen, but it's when we separate. Come on now. Uh, uh, you get over here and you take your group over there. We don't see that in the book of Acts. We right, Especially right in the beginning, we see that every time something happened, it happened because they were all together. Can somebody say the move of God happens when we're all together? Come on now. Powerful moves of God take place when we all come together in one accord. We may not speak the same language. We may not see the same way, but when we all get together in one room, come on now. Uh -huh. It says that when the power of the Holy Ghost hit them, they all spoke in their own native language. Come on now. Uh, their, 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 their tongues didn't sound the same, but they were all filled with the same power that gave them the utterance to speak in their own language, but 
but they were all together in one room. And because they were all together in one room, it caused a synergy and a momentum that multiplied over time by God that was fueled by a forward motion that fueled a series of wins. Come on now. When you look at this here, they are in the process of winning again, but you got to go back to the drawing table. Uh, after you win the championship, you need to go rest. You need to allow your body to heal. You need to take a vacation. After you lose, you need to figure out what I need to do again. You can see here that Peter and John understand that this move of God is more important than just simply going out and doing another revival. Come on now, let's get together and let's talk about what do we need to do. We need to pray until something happens. Come on now, uh, we need to pray. What do we need to pray? Now, Lord, take note of their threats. Uh, uh, this is in chapter number four of verses 29 and 30. Take note of their threats. Come on now, they're praying. Grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence. Come on now, uh, Lord, I need you to take note that we have some threats against us. Come on now, we're allowing you to preach, but we threaten you with this condition. Don't preach in Jesus' name. They said, Lord, we need you to take note of the threats. And Lord, we need you to grant that your bond servants may speak your word with confidence. So that meant that they had some type of fear. They, they had become intimidated at the threat. And so they're saying, Lord, in my prayer today, I'm praying that you will grant us the confidence to speak your word, to declare your name, to proclaim your son's name. Come on now. He's high and he's lifted up. Come on now. He's the risen Savior. He's opened the blind eyes. Come on now. He's made the lame to walk. At the age of 12, he turned the water into wine. Come on now. He died on a cross and he rose in three days with all power in his hand. We need that type of confidence because the threats that are against us are so heavy. We need the confidence to understand that you're never going to leave us nor forsake us. That we understand that if we reign with you, we must suffer with you. But we got to understand that if you will take note of their threat, grant us the confidence to speak with power and authority. I've got to pray until something happens. Come on now, what do you mean when you say pray until? Pray until God responds. Come on now, pray until you hear the voice of God. Come on now, pray until everybody agrees that God is responding. Come on now, pray until everybody in the room feels the response. Everybody knows the response. Come on now. Everybody can sense that God is responding. Don't remove, don't move until God responds. Don't preach another message until God responds. Don't do another revival until God responds to your prayer. Come on now. Many times we keep on moving and we don't hear the response. We miss the response. We overlook the response. We don't understand what the response is and we cause confusion to be, we cause confusion 
confusion to take place in a move of God that was saving people, that was delivering people, that was bringing people out of bondage, that was causing disbelief and unbelief. I mean, that was causing unbelief to become belief. Come on now. We're, we, we've got to be careful that in our prayer that we remain in a posture to hear God respond. Lord, they told me not to preach again. Come on now. Uh, uh, they let me go, but they said, don't say Jesus' name. Come on now. Uh, uh, they, they, they let me go and they did not harm me, but they said, do what you want to do, but just don't preach Jesus. But Jesus is my assignment. Uh, Jesus is what I only know. Uh, Jesus healed my body. Jesus saved my life. Uh, Jesus turned my life around. I don't know anything else but to preach Jesus. There are moments in the moves of God that we've got to be able to regroup. Come on now, take a break. Now, I know somebody going to be like, all graves, we got to keep on going because ain't no power and ain't no devil in hell going to stop me right now. And that's why people are not coming. Why? Because we didn't regroup. We didn't wait to hear the response. We prayed a prayer. We kept on going, but we never stopped long enough to hear the response. Come on now. Uh, you need to pray until God responds with something that causes a mighty move. Pray until something, a mighty move of God. Come on now. We, we need to pray that, that God is going to respond with something, a mighty move. Come on now. We need a mighty move of God to happen on our behalf that will give us the confidence to do this again. I, I, I've been knocked down. Come on now. I'm in a little place of fear right now. My family's in, 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 in trouble right now. All of the people are in trouble right now. I don't want nobody to be hurt. I don't want the innocent to be hurt. I don't want the innocent to be killed. Come on now. So we've got to be careful with stewarding the move of God. Peter and John go to a place and they don't go by themselves. Uh, they take everybody with them and they gather in a room and they begin to pray, Lord, will you take note of the threats that have come against us? Will you take note of the accuser of the brethren? Will you take note of that old raggedy Caiaphas? Will you take note? The same raggedy Caiaphas that accused your son is now telling me that I can't preach your son's ministry that I can't do the greater works that your son left me to do here. Lord, what do I do? I need the confidence of God. I need the confidence of heaven. I need the confidence that the angelic host is going to be there. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Come on now. You need to pray until God responds with the mighty move of God. What is the something? A mighty move of God. They were praying for God to move on their behalf. Come on now. The moving of God is so powerful that it takes time. Come on now. The moving of God is strategic. Come on now. The moving of God is when it begins to work for him. And if it's going to work for him, that means it'll work for you. But until God moves, you and I can't move. Until the power of God falls again, we've got to remain in a place and a posture to anticipate, to expect that the power of God is going to fall the same way it fell in the upper room with the 120. I know that the numbers have increased, but I got to pray until something happens. Come on now. I got to pray until the something, a mighty move of God happens. Come on now. I got to pray until
until, come on, God responds with something. A mighty move of God happens. And when they prayed, come on now, the place where they had gathered together, come on now, somebody say together, come on now. They didn't pray by themselves. They didn't go home and isolate themselves and complain. No, no, no. They all gathered together because they understand the power of being together. Come on now. Uh, uh, and when they prayed in verse number 31, chapter 4, and when they prayed, the place when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. Come on now. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with both. Come on now. Can, can we see it happening again? Come on now. Uh, the second time we can see that the power of the Holy Ghost falls in one room and it not only blows on them, but now it shakes the room. Come on now. When God responds, He never responds the same way because if He always responds the same way, then that means we become familiar with God. Then that means that we can anticipate the familiar. Come on now. The wind came the first time, but the second time, he shakes the room. Oh, Rabbi. Come on now. The wind blows upon them, but then he shakes them. He shakes them out of their fear. He shakes them out of discombobulation. He shakes them out of intimidation. He shakes them back into the confidence, and he gives them the boldness to preach. They told me not to preach again, but I'm going to pray until something happens. I need you to understand this. I really need you to understand this today. The move of God requires prayer and intercession. We can't just keep having revivals and we don't take time to regroup and refresh. Well, God showed up this week, and, and 20 people were, were healed. Come on now, and then you come back the next week, and 40 people were healed. And then you come back the next week, and you're, you become so familiar with the numbers that you miss out on the response of prayer and intercession that will keep the movement going. It's God's movement. It's not our movement. It's God's power. It's God's miracles. It's God's healing, signs and wonders, it is our job to steward it. We've got to be able to regroup and refresh ourselves. You hear what I'm saying? Had they just went out and ignored the threat, they would have contaminated the move. Had they went out and just stopped preaching Jesus because they didn't care? No, 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 no. You better honor the threat of the city telling you that your building is not up to cold. You better honor this COVID system that is telling you that you should still social distance when you need to. You better honor the system. Why? Because lives are at stake. The move of God is coming for the lives, not for your church, not for you. It's coming for the unbeliever. And if we're not strategically postured in prayer and intercession against the threats of the enemy that come to slow us down and to hinder fuel momentum, we will lose. We can see here that they win again. They win again, but it cost them something. We need to slow down. We need to regroup. 
we, we need to find our place, and we need to allow God to breathe on us again. Because when He breathes on us again, it's going to give us a greater boldness to understand that God is with us and that our worship has preceded the move of God. And when it's time for us to move again, God has already cleared the path. Raise your hand. This is my prayer today, is that we learn how to regroup. I need pastors to hear me today. Learn how to take times to be refreshed. Learn how to just take a week and say, hey, we're going to come back in a week. But during this week, we're going to come together. We're not going to sleep. We're not going to just go out of town and take vacation. No, no, we're going to pray until God responds with another breath, with another move from heaven. And when they prayed in the place where they had all gathered, it says it right here, together they were shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of boldness, the word of God in boldness. Be bold. Be strong, but whatever you do, don't stop. Keep moving. Let's remain together. Let's get in one place. Let's stay in that place, and let's trust that God is going to meet us. Come on, let's enjoy worship here. Let me minister to you. I'll be back to love on you in a few moments. God bless. The power of intercession. There are moments where God wants you and I to simply rest in Him. We can see that the apostles understood that this move had everything to do with God Himself. God wants to respond to a threat in your life. Whatever that threat may be, don't stop moving, don't stop working, but rest in your mind. Pray until something happens. Push until something happens. Remain persistent until something happens. Praise until something happens. It's the push. It's the prayer. It is the until. It's the something. It's that word happens. And they were all together. When you and I can remain in a place where we're together, we will all experience a mighty move of God. On today, as we prepare to take our communion this morning, I want you to uh, take your communion cup, and I want you to begin to just think about it. He says, as, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. His body was broken. He died on a bloody cross. He, he, he died on a cross that was stained with guilt, shame, pain. But when he went in the ground and he got up, you and I were redeemed forever. So Father, we thank you for this moment as we take the Lord's Supper today, as we commune with you today. His body was broken for you and I. 
as we set the table today, we, we understand that your body was broken physically. You were wounded, you were bruised, you were beaten. But we stand today and as we bless the bread, as we break the bread, we now eat in remembrance of your death, burial, and resurrection. Father, we thank you. Jesus was pierced in his side where the blood and the water came out. Blood, the redemption, water, the cleansing. <laughs> we stand today understanding that the blood redeems, the blood heals, the blood delivers, and the blood saves. Take now in Jesus' name. My prayer is that each and every one of you will remain in a place where we can all experience the power of the Holy Ghost that we will begin as a church to experience Acts 4. Being shaken together in one place, filled with the Holy Ghost, where we're able to declare the boldness of God. You wanna give your life to Jesus today? Simply just raise your hand, hit that little click button right there that says just raise your hand, I wanna be saved. I wanna be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, raise your hand. I, I wanna give my life back to Christ today. I want you to understand that it's very simple. To the sinner, open up your mouth, confess, believe in your heart. Not only just allowing him to be your savior, but accept him as your Lord. I wanna be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and simply say, Lord, fall upon my lips now and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. I wanna rededicate my life. He's married to the backslider. What do I simply do? Lord, I'm ready to come back. Will you accept me? I'm ready to rededicate my life. I'm ready to recommit and to serve you the rest of my life. Very simple. I love you. I appreciate you. Take time to give on today. Your giving matters. We love you. Have a great day. God bless. Peace.